just made this accusation. You're blaspheming Moses and God. And he turns around and says, you don't have personal faith. You're not obeying God's word. You don't even recognize prophets when God sends them. You are the ones that should be accused, right? So how did they, how did they respond? What was, their, what was their response to this type of counter accusation? Well, let's look at our final key point, and then we'll look at how, the, how they responded to Steve's, Stephen's accusation. Key point number four, Stephen's death was a lingering testimony of his faith. So here, here it is. Verse 51, let's pick up there. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. <laughs> I, I don't know that it gets much, much more intense than that, right? I mean, he's just flat out calling it like it is. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. There it is. He ties it all together and says, I just went through all of this stuff, and guess what? You're no different. You're guilty of all this. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. Uh, they were not happy. They were, their gnashing is this grinding. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's almost animalistic. Growl, grind. Uh, they're angry. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And we come to the end of chapter 7. What an incredible testimony. I've heard some, some say, why didn't, why didn't God step in? And, you know, Stephen was so faithful. Why didn't God stop it? Why didn't, why didn't he do something? And I would argue that he did do something. God gave Stephen the grace to demonstrate forgiveness. He gave him the ability to pray for those who are persecuting him. That only comes from God. Did God do something in that moment? Absolutely. Absolutely. He gave him incredible grace. In fact, Stephen's death would have a lasting impact. I mentioned the word martyr. It comes from the Greek word martus. It means witness. 
here we are, 2023, still talking about Stephen. Why? Because his witness continues of what he did. He, since, since, Jesus, since Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, this is the first person in the New Testament Christian church to be martyred for their faith. And today, we're looking at it. We're still talking about it. But I want us to consider some things. I want us to consider the fact that his witness continues. We know that the Apostle Paul, we saw it mentioned there, his name was Saul. And we know that Saul was present, that he was there. Can you imagine what, what was the impact? Do you think that Saul just forgot about it? No, we know. Listen to this, Acts chapter 22, verses 17 and following. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance. And this is, by the way, this is Paul talking. And, and, and saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were willing to kill him. Then he said to me, depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. Oh, you know, God has a master plan. And you could tell, you could tell in, in Paul's response to the Lord there, um, that, left, that left a mark when he watched Stephen give his life for the faith. It impacted the Apostle Paul. It impacted him greatly. It impacted him in such a way that, you know, he's thinking, there's no way they can forget about that. They can't forget about the fact that I was there and I was consenting to it. But martyrdom, Christians dying for their faith, Stephen is certainly the first, but he won't be the last. In Rome, um, there's going to be a lot of persecution that takes place. When you and I hear the term Roman candle, what do we immediately think of? We think 4th of July, right? I mean, we think, hey, we can't wait till 4th of July set off Roman candles. You know what a Roman candle is in Greek culture? Roman candle was a, a cruelty under the leadership of Nero in which the Romans captured Christians, would tie them to a stake, they would smear their bodies with pitch oil, a very flammable but slow-burning material, and then they'd start a fire at their feet and watch it as it, the fire slowly climbed up the body of the victim. And Rome would have these Roman candles to light the streets. And it was lit with the bodies of Christians. That was a Roman candle. Jim Elliot. Who's Jim Elliot? Jim Elliot was a missionary uh, to Ecuador. And he was going to, he, he was a language expert in his team. There were five of them that were headed down to Ecuador and to, to learn the language of, of the Wahoo Rani group. And to learn their language 
and then to be able to share the gospel with them. On January 8th, 1956, that group of missionaries that went there uh, were attacked. Those who attacked them could not understand why these missionaries didn't spear back. In fact, they all had guns. And they would fire the guns into the air to try and scare them away, to get them to stop. But instead, these missionaries were speared, were speared to death. And as I said, they couldn't understand it. What, what in the world is going on? Their death actually opened the door for the wives and children of those missionaries who were brutally murdered to go back to Ecuador and finish the work that their husbands began and actually lead the people to Christ who murdered their husbands and fathers. Several years ago, Stephen Curtis Chapman was on tour. I will never forget this. Um, he was on tour and he was, he was in Charlotte, UNC Charlotte, one of the auditoriums there. And I took a group of students and we were there for this concert. And at one point during the concert, he said, I want to introduce to you one of the grandchildren of those missionaries. And, and the, so this, this you know, guy comes out and he's, he talks about the impact that it had on his family. You know, his dad, his dad died. And uh, he shared his testimony. And it was an incredible testimony. And then it just got even more incredible. He said, I want to introduce to you the man from the tribe who killed my grandfather. And then he comes out on stage. And he's speaking in his native language and how he came to faith. And he said, he said when, we killed him, when we killed those five missionaries, we couldn't understand why they weren't fighting back. We couldn't understand. And then when they came back and shared the gospel with us, they told us of another man that was speared. And he didn't fight back. And that he came so that we can all have life. And they shared the gospel of Jesus with this tribe in Ecuador. And the whole tribe came to faith. If you're interested in seeing the movie about Jim Elliott and those missionaries, it's called End of the Spear. End of the Spear. I encourage you to take, take, take some time and watch that and remember uh, the missionaries that put themselves in harm's way when, when they're out. In 2022, last year, according to Open Doors Ministries, there were 360 million Christians that experienced around the globe high levels of persecution and discrimination. 360 million. They recorded 5,898 Christians who were killed in 2022 because of their faith. I think sometimes in our American bubble of Christianity, um, we think we, we have a very limited understanding of persecution. Don't get me wrong, we're persecuted in America as Christians. But it's on a different level. It's, 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 it's not quite the same as what in some countries people are enduring. 5,898. And if we're not careful, we're headed that direction. And in America, we could very, see those very same things. You know, God doesn't call all of us to be martyrs. 
But we have all been called to be living sacrifices. That's what we've been called to, be a living sacrifice. It's been said, and this is, this is, a, this is a fascinating quote, don't miss this. It's been said, quote, it may be harder to live for Christ than to die for him. But if we are living for him, we will be prepared to die for him if that is what God calls us to do. End quote. Powerful. And what does that do? That leads me to this one last thought. As we observe Memorial Day, may we never forget those who gave their lives 